This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 29th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports Today. And look, I, I said it's Thursday, October 29th, and it, it is. But it also feels like Groundhog Day because for the third straight episode, we are going to start by talking about the Wisconsin Badgers. And in particular, the fact that the Wisconsin Badgers, well, their COVID situation got out of hand. And they're not going to be playing the game Saturday against Nebraska. Chris, as their team's total positivity rate approached the thresholds that the Big Ten had already set into motion, uh, that if you cross this, if you approach or cross this threshold, you have to shut down activity for a week. And so that's what Wisconsin's doing. Uh, you know, debate it whether that's the right call or not, all you want. But in addition to that, we're starting to now be concerned if the Big Ten schedule is even more of a time crunch than we thought it would be. And I'm just a little bit worried now as I look at this, Chris, and I'll toss to you right now, but like Wisconsin's going to miss a game. They might miss two games. The next time a team, another team has an outbreak like this, multiple other teams will be infected. This is This is not good for the Big Ten and its hopes to – play a thorough season that even results in a playoff um, bid. No doubt. And I, I think we all knew the big 10 was in a precarious situation um, entering this schedule on the way it was set up um, by starting so much later than the big 12, the pack, the big 12, the sec and the ACC. Um, the big 10 put itself in a position where it was going to play, try to play nine straight games in nine straight weeks. That's difficult under any circumstances. Usually teams at least have one buy to account for injuries and stuff. But when you factor in COVID, which I believe has seen 35 games in the FBS canceled thus far, um, you were essentially playing with fire. Like it was very unreasonable to expect that 14 Big Ten teams would be able to play for nine straight weeks, eight straight weeks in the regular season without having COVID kind of impact that run. I think the hope was that it would just be limited and you wouldn't have to cancel games. But as we saw right away in Wisconsin, a state where uh, COVID rates were spiking significantly, the state's governor called it a crisis the other day. It's not particularly surprising to see Wisconsin hit this 5 to 7.5% threshold, depending on what measure you want to use. And a seven-day pause um, is significant because it takes a Nebraska game off the schedule, but it also kind of just throws the whole season into a loop because now Nebraska is going to have one last game. We're going to have to deal with Big Ten tiebreakers. And then the idea that Wisconsin is the last team that's going to have to deal with that is kind of a laughable one. This will pop up in other places. And if the Big Ten gets really unlucky, they could have a string of games canceled in a row and those dominoes will start falling and the schedule will start to fall apart. So the Big Ten really has to hope this is an isolated Wisconsin incident for a very short amount of time. 
Otherwise, it's, as you said, putting itself at risk for missing the playoff. Yeah, it's like, I guess we've gotten used to navigating a little bit the COVID situation with the other conferences. And so when it was clear that Graham Mertz and his backup Chase Wolvett tested positive, you know, we were talking about how can how can the Badgers play with their fourth string quarterback? And and like this, you know, they have six players, six coaches, including head coach Paul Christ. Like an outbreak of, of six players is like we don't know the exact numbers, Chris, but I would imagine like the other conference teams are playing through something like that, right? Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think every I mean, not every school has positives every week, but that's just the reality of the situation. When you've got a roster of 120 players, 85 scholarship players, and they're interacting with the world. Uh, we have a COVID positivity rate in this country that I think is hovering ar- above 5% right now. So if that's the case, like you're bound to have one or two players in your roster get COVID. And that's not a problem unless there's a kind of a large scale gathering or um, you end up having to put a bunch of players in quarantine. But when you have six, when you think about it, um, close contacts also have to quarantine with them. And if you have five players on a team and five coaches or six and six, that's like 40 or 50 players that could be out for the week just because of quarantine practices. And that's how that's how quickly it can spiral. Yeah. And then that 21 day isolation period, it's it's I don't know, man, like this is going to be it's it, I'll be pleasantly surprised if they play. November 7th, I believe that whatever Saturday that is against Purdue. And then they've got another game against um, Michigan. So I was, I was talking to a big 10 coach this morning or uh, Wednesday morning. And he was like, uh, he said, just straight up, Kevin Warren screwed this whole thing up. The big 10 commissioner who you wrote about it. They panicked to cancel the season a few days after releasing a schedule that had built-in buys and flexibility, and then they waited too long to to seriously materialize plans to return. Like, remember, like we knew that they were going to come back, Chris. Remember that? And then, like it was just every day, like waiting for the Big Ten to finally announce that they were. Yeah, that's kind of odd. And if you think about it, like if you go back to the original Big Ten schedule, it was like if you drew up a schedule to get through a pandemic, and assuming we're playing and. Setting all questions aside about um, kind of the ethical standpoint about playing this season. If you just looked at what the Big Ten had, which was starting, I believe, September 4th to September 5th, the season would be over by November 21st that weekend, and the Big Ten championship game would have been at the end of um, November. The Big Ten created a schedule in which it had two bye weeks plus a lot of runway at the end of the season up up to five weeks of byes or time to kind of move games around to kind of get the season in and have a full, I believe 10 game schedule is what the big 10 was planning on. That schedule would have been the blueprint for how to run this season. If you kind of look at how everything's kind of uh, happened across the country and the big 10, like five days after that decided to just go ahead and cancel its season. Um, so it's rather ironic that the big Ten's in this position when previously it had a schedule that would have served its needs perfectly. But as you said, Kevin Warren and the uh, university presidents and chancellors kind of kicked the football down the road uh, further than they probably should have, knowing that there was a pretty decent possibility they would eventually have to buckle and go with the season. And now it, it's costing them. And I know you heard from a Big Ten coach, and I've heard similar things all offseason, like leadership in these situations, uh, specifically in the Big Ten and in the same things, has been severely lacking. And I know a lot of coaches are frustrated. So the tiebreaker situations, I tried to read them earlier, kind of gave me a headache, right? Like I think you're <laughs> yes. in the same boat. It gave it. It gave me. Uh, it triggered me 
days of the 2000s Big 12 tiebreaker scenarios, like how the BCS will score you here and there. It's Wisconsin is in danger now of playing not enough games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship, which is a whole other storyline that we'll get to when that time comes because, my goodness, like that's – if Minnesota doesn't improve, Wisconsin's clearly the class of the Big Ten West. So that's a just an easy – easy walk in the park for Ohio state and Indianapolis. But if Wisconsin has to play, I believe five games, Chris, or six, um, it's, it's, it's no fewer than two games below the average number of total games played throughout the conference per team. Yeah. I, I would just think about it this way. So the threshold is six. Wisconsin has to play six games as constructed to qualify for the big 10 championship game. If they don't play six, they're out. It would take a significant outbreak across the conference. You're talking about multiple teams having outbreaks, multiple games getting canceled for that threshold to slip below six. Essentially, for those who don't want to do math, if the average number of games in the Big Ten is above six, you have to play six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. If it slips below six to five, for example, the minimum drops to, um, I believe, three games which sounds ridiculous wait so if the average is eight you play you play six if the average is eight games as long as you played six games you can qualify for the big 10 championship game if the average is six games across the conference you only have to play four games to qualify for the big 10 championship can you imagine hey can you imagine if if and i hope it doesn't happen but enough outbreaks occur to where the average drops to six and the minimum threshold goes to four and you've got teams I made a joke on Twitter, like a four and four and Ohio State team. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna get we're not gonna get like a nine games and well an eight game plus one conference. Like the, I would be surprised if Ohio State plays every possible game it has lined up. Yeah, I, I would too. And I, I mean, I'm I'm rooting for everybody to be healthy and for us not to have to deal with this. But can you just imagine the chaos that would be created if, let's say, you had a six and Ohio State? trying to get in the playoff against a like nine and one Texas A&M and the arguments that would create across the country Man. like for that, it would, it would be insane. And it's, it's not really that unreasonable to suggest like Ohio state could do everything right. And it could end up losing two or three games on its schedule just because other teams had outbreaks that Ohio state had nothing to do with. And they just lost those games. It's like an, it's a real realistic possibility. We've seen it. We've seen it in the sec this year. Florida's already um, lost essentially three weeks of its season because of outbreaks. They were lucky they had a buy scheduled there, but like um, powerhouse programs are not immune from COVID and this outbreak could happen anywhere. And there are some just really crazy scenarios that can come out of this big 10 season. Yeah. For Ohio state's purpose, I would just suggest to them play as well as we all think you can. And if you're passing the eye test and if you're in that cluster of top three teams that we keep lumping them into with Bama and Clemson, the ones who we have seen in the past succeed uh, and be deserving of playoff bids. If you if you uphold that standard of play, call me crazy. I find a hard time seeing the committee leaving a six and O Ohio State out. I really think six and O Ohio State would get the nod. Like that that would be enough. Given this is a weird season. I, I tend to agree. I think the eye test shows that Ohio State's one of the four most talented teams in the country, without much question. And if they dominate on their schedule, um, I see a path kind of no matter what happens. 
But like, I can certainly understand how a fan from another conference can kind of throw their arms up and say, what are we supposed to do when this system, which is supposed to pick the four best teams while also balancing kind of their resumes and what happened on the field that season, why they would be frustrated if a six and zero big 10 team gets over it, gets in over a team with a much larger sample size. Like we've seen Ohio state in past years lose to Iowa and Purdue when they weren't supposed to, obviously that was a different kind of time, different team under a different coach, but it's not unreasonable to suggest if Ohio state plays four fewer games than everybody else, they could have lost one of those four games uh, in cross division play or whoever. So like that argument back and forth will be really heated, but I, I am on your side with this one. I think Ohio state would deserve a spot at six and zero. but what's the cutoff Trey? Like, yeah. Ohio State plays five games, so they deserve to get in? No, I don't know. The uh, The thought of a team has to play four games to qualify for the division or for the conference championship game, if the average of games played is six, four is four is not enough. Four is four is just not, not enough. Unless you throw out everything and say, look, we are only trying to play regular season so that we can have the playoff we've all been dreaming about. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Alabama, Nick Saban, you know, whoever else wants to get in there. And then you go, okay, you just admit the regular season was just just a, a, a farce and just a uh, a TV money-gobbling ruse to get us to the playoff, and, and fine. I, I would rather see Ohio State be in the playoff than not be in the playoff. But you mentioned the arguments. Hey, think about, like, you mentioned A&M, Georgia and Florida are going to be up for at-large bids, perhaps, if, if neither of them beats Alabama in Atlanta in the SEC title game, you're going to have Greg Sankey stumping against Kevin Warren. And I know that the committee, you know, they, they don't listen to the media that, you know, whatever BS like Greg Sankey versus Kevin Warren, the, the, uh, the commissioner who was confident in us having a season all this time and, and led the SEC through it versus the commissioner who has kind of been a ghost has in in year one uh, pissed off a large number of coaches and ads, uh, a commissioner who canceled the season before it needed to be canceled, and then who dragged his feet in taking it back. Like, I, <laughs> and and let's not forget these Power Five conferences were all supposed to be working in lockstep throughout this summer. The Big Ten broke off from that the day it dropped its conference only scheduling bombshell on us that one Thursday afternoon without any heads up to the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12. So I think it could get a little ugly here if we had to start seeing commissioners and, and coaches politic for their conference. And I don't mean just ugly like SEC versus Big 10. Like you think you think Ryan Day is very happy with Kevin Warren right now? I don't think anybody uh, on a Big 10 coaching staff is particularly happy with Kevin Warren right now. Uh, maybe Mike Loxley is still wishing the season was canceled. Sorry, shouldn't take another shot at Maryland. But um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody in the Big Ten is particularly happy with the way it happened. Um, I think communication was lacking at times. I think the dichotomy and kind of the disconnect of allowing players on campus to practice, allowing players to be in their facilities, and allowing them to do everything but play a game, which quite honestly, playing a game is not any more dangerous in this situation, except for the travel involved with it, than it would be kind of being in your bubble and practicing, especially given the amount of times the Big Ten tests a week. I think you kind of have a lot of Big Ten coaches banging their head, heads against the wall a little bit. But 
I, we are, we're discussing some like kind of off the wall scenarios. I do not think it's going to get to a point where we have a five in Ohio state kind of making this argument. I still think as we've seen with the rest of the FBS, the big 10 will figure out a way to carry on with this season. Um, we could use the MLB as a perfect example. The St. Louis, the Miami Marlins weren't going to finish the season. The St. Louis Cardinals were not going to finish the season. And we just had a world series that went off pretty well, except for Justin Turner and his weird situation. So I think the same thing will happen with the big 10, but I certainly think there's a lot of angst in the big 10 right now, just because of the way this sets up and kind of the nature of the schedule that does not allow for a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Good point. I'm pushing through. We've, we've done this with the NFL. We did it with, you know, the sec, big 12 ACC. So Notre Dame, their outbreak feels a long time ago, Chris. So maybe, Maybe this is the worst of it for the Big Ten. We all certainly hope so because we want the college football season to be uh, as asterisk-free as possible. Sorry, and I, I would say before we go, I think that's a great point. Like, we have not seen extended outbreaks from any college football program, like or at least second outbreaks in a major fashion. We've seen teams like Florida and Notre Dame have significant pauses of their practice schedule, of their timeline. And then a couple of weeks later, they might still be missing one or two players, but the rest of the team is back on the field and they have kind of contained it. And I have full confidence in the Big Ten's measures to contain it if it comes down to it at a place like Wisconsin. Yeah, just the uh, the 21 day period is going to be significantly more restricting than, than the 10 day period for the other conferences. All right. Well, I, I hope that Friday's episode of the College Football Daily has nothing to do with the Wisconsin Badgers, although with a big game on deck between Ohio State and Penn State, it might have a little something to do with the Buckeyes. We'll see. Haven't figured it out yet, so just trying to work through what's been a really newsy and busy week in college football. For Chris Hummer, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to you next time on the College Football Daily. to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.